Hello everyone, Callie Hannah here with a quick disclaimer from the future, 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 future. <laughs> the episode you are about to hear was recorded prior to my public coming out as a transgender woman. As such, you will hear myself and others refer to me by my dead name and he, him pronouns, and that is not how I want to be referred to now. I, well, I go by Callie and I use she, her pronouns. Uh, the rest of the episode has been left as is for the purposes of historical preservation, but uh, just know that it is not accurate to my current uh, gender identity. Thank you, and enjoy the show. The hipster and the nerd. Yes, hipster and the nerd. The nerd. One went to the genius. The other is quite absurd. Exactly which is which. Off the fence is which. Yes, good sir. The hipster and the nerd. 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 Hipster and the nerd. Created by Steven Spielberg? No. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hipster and the Nerd, the podcast where we discuss movies. TV shows, comic books, video games, and all manner of geek and pop culture to see what we can make of it. I am Chris Hanna. With me, of course, is my co-host, Brian Brecker. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing great, and I just gotta tell you, there's two things that are on my mind. The need for blood <laughs> and chili dogs. <laughs> yes, because in case... Because you... today we're reviewing Morbius and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Which Chris has very unmercifully <laughs> forced me to watch both in theaters for a sum total of $25. For Seems the... a poor reason to pick a man's pocket. <laughs> for the record, I never said you had to watch Morbius in theaters. I was only <laughs> insistent that you watch Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in theaters. Right. And then I tried to get a get it illegally, but then it wasn't any good quality illegally, so then I had to watch it on a Monday night. And uh, yeah, so which movie do you want to talk about first, Well, I think Chris? we should talk about Morbius first and just get it out of the way, because Morbius... What are you talking about? Morbius <laughs> is one of the classics of our age. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, we all saw it. it's the first movie to ever make one trillion dollars at the box office. It's exactly, from the writing duo that brought you such critically acclaimed classics <laughs> as Gods of Egypt and Dracula Untold oh, comes the, the Dracula, Morbius. The Dracula Untold connection explains a lot actually yep. um so to the shock and awe of everyone who is expecting the summer of morbius um it turns out that the movie morbius is it's bad it's 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 really it's kind of bombing at the box office it's kind, also. Of, it's kind of bombing so a uh, fun fact before we start getting into the plot so morbius is on the cheaper side of superhero movies and that it only costs 75 million to make but right. that does not account for marketing so you have to double the budget for marketing to break even and movies usually need to make triple the public budget, budget. just mm -hmm. to uh, be considered profitable so for that to happen morbius would need to make 225 million it is currently sitting after a week at 126 million and had a 74 percent drop in its second weekend the biggest drop of any Marvel movie ever, and the second biggest drop of any comic book movie ever. You want to know the only comic book movie to have a bigger drop in its second weekend? Batman v Superman? Nope. Steel. Uh, Green Lantern? Nope. 
Steel? Steel. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal Steel. <laughs> Alright, hold on one second. I need to take off my sweatshirt. Getting hot in here. So, hot. so take off all your sweatshirt. My sweatshirt. All right, but if we want to talk about why this movie is the way it is, we need to go back to the beginning. The real beginning. The, the true beginning. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 has just come out. Sony is in a state of disarray after they released a film called The Interview, which made fun of a North Korean dictator. In uh, basically reaction to that, supposedly North Korean hackers got into all of the Sony emails yes. and released them all to the public. This event led to Sony uh, moving its Spider-Man production to Marvel, I believe, because yeah, all of the it was plans it was just one of several out. factors that would lead to the Sony hack was one of a yeah. few different factors that led to the eventual current uh, the, well not current because they uh, revised the deal later, but the the Sony right. Marvel deal. Um, but one of the most important things that we found out is that the reason why Venom was in Spider-Man Three with Tobey Maguire was because Avi Arad really wanted to make a solo Venom film. And what happened after that is we basically found out that Avi Arad had been planning this idea of a Sinister Six movie this entire time. Yes. Which meant that he would want to have a Venom film, a Morbius film, a Black Cat film, I believe. Yes. At one um, point, it was actually yeah. supposed to be in the as part of the development of spum or the ssu or whatever we're supposed to call sony's weird villain verse thing right. um the the black cat movie was actually supposed to be a team up with silver sable called silver and right. black and that has been as just straight up been canceled as far as yeah. i can tell <laughs> um, and this is why the amazing spider-man 2 seemed like such a gigantic fucking mess was because they were trying to include all of these teases for villains that would set up the Sinister Six Yeah, they movie. were trying to create their own cinematic universe based mostly just on villain characters and also an Aunt May prequel where she was a spy for some reason. Um, right. That's not a joke, so by if, the way. <laughs> the, the one person we can really blame, in my opinion, all this on from all the Sony hack stuff is Avi Arad because he has kept this idea of doing a Sinister Six movie continuing into the present despite constant failure besides the Venom films, which turned out to be fairly profitable. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and now we're left with this piece of garbage. Yes, which we is are. Morbius. Um, and so first off, I'd like to talk about um, Jared Leto's performance in this is absolute dog it's shit. It's bad. I mean, they, I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, the entire cast is bad, and these are otherwise very talented actors. It's like, I mean, Matt Smith is hamming it up, and he's he's kind of fun, and we'll get to him. But, like, right. there are talented, you know, Tyrese Gibson, I'm Gall, and even Leto himself, who I don't like, has put in good performances in other things in the past. Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, Requiem for a Dream. Fight Club. Hell, even... I'm sure there are other movies. Hell, even his one <laughs> scene in, in Zack Snyder's Justice League was 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 a pretty you, good scene you, you mean the one where he says we live in a society well, only in the in the alternate version he doesn't say it in the yes. in the main version but like <laughs> <laughs> that scene is pretty well acted honestly but the problem is is that no conversation between any two characters in this movie feels like a conversation between human beings it feels like 
the first pass of a table read, everything comes off as very stilted, and yep. the actors feel uncomfortable. It doesn't feel like anybody really wants to be here. Like, well, is- that's what happens when you get the absolutely medi- mediocre script that Matt Sazama <laughs> and Burke Sharpless decide to put out. Yeah, and I think it- somehow continue to get jobs in Hollywood despite writing absolute garbage. It's that, and I also don't think. I mean, like, I'm not from. I'm not familiar with director Daniel Espinosa's other work, but it doesn't seem like he's very good at getting actors to... He doesn't seem like an actor's director based on this. Um, I think everybody didn't give a shit about this That movie. is very true. So, like, every everyone is at fault here because basically it seems like the only reason anybody in this cast signed on was for the possibility that they might be in one of the real Marvel movies, with the exception of Jared Leto, who appears to have signed on just because he lost the Joker role and wanted another excuse to be an <laughs> asshole to people and call it art. Um, that... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I feel like there's also another conversation to be had about Morbius, and that is with this, like, low-budget bullshit really low-grade comic book thing that's tangentially related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, are we are we reaching peak superheroes like is this is this like where it's all gonna go wrong? Well, I mean, you know, is is this where is this where like people are just gonna churn out low effort garbage? I mean, if I mean, you know? I I mean, like I might say that if it weren't for the fact that Doctor Strange is coming out in like a month and it's, it's gonna that's win true. everybody back over again. Like this is the that's the thing about the superhero the 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 whole I don't want to say machine, but. For, for lack of a better term, the superhero. Well, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it is definitely a machine. Well, I, I don't, I don't want to. Well, sort of. Like it is a the the cycle. I should say the superhero cycle yes. is that the thing with the superhero cycle is that because Marvel, Marvel Studios specifically, is so good at this, it doesn't really, it doesn't matter as much how bad everyone else is at it because the new MCU movie will come out. And it's pretty much guaranteed to be generally pretty good and win everybody back over. Like, that's that's how this whole thing works, effectively. I'm just saying all trends have a downward slide. No trend can continue forever in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I'm saying is basically uh, Morbius, if they keep making movies like Morbius, it could, in my opinion, water down the whole genre that is, and I mean, eventually create a market where only the good stuff gets made, which is why I think Morbius is a good thing. That is, I mean, because, <laughs> I mean, like that result is hypothetical. I mean, it is a, not that, I don't think Morbius itself is a good thing, but I think the fact no. that Morbius is bombing and that audiences yes. are rejecting it is very much yes. a good thing because it's a sign that that horrible future you just you described previously will not come to pass. Yes, <laughs> where there's like direct to video MCU ish like pseudo MCU films. Yeah, everything is like in a it's like in a weird asylum knockoffs and shit. <laughs> like exactly, that's what this movie feels like. It feels like an asylum knockoff MCU film, except not as funny. <laughs> like right. So anyway, I think we should get into the plot. At a, at a what can humorously so be basically a plot. it a, opens in the jungle, um yes. and uh and and Doctor Michael Doctor Michael Morbius Doctor Dracul Dracula he's the he's yes. he's there he goes into the jungle to find some bats because he needs some bats to do a thing that we don't know yet um 
And he literally says at one point, like like one of the guys who's on the helicopter trip, because he he's on the jungle expedition, even though he's he's you know on crutches. Uh, fine, um, but like he he's like it's one of them. You know, the sign that you're in for a treat is like you know you need a doctor, and then he goes, "I am a doctor." I need an adult. I am an adult. <laughs> Oh, yeah, at a hot, and then he he meets some bats, and then we get a flashback at a hospital in Greece. Ten-year-old Michael Morbius welcomes his surrogate brother Lucian, who he renames Milo okay, that because is, that's apparently what you do okay, when you meet a new friend. That is such, give them a new name. That is a weird. That is such a weird thing to me because because he shows up, he says his name is Lucian, and then Michael Michael Morbius calls him Milo because he he's known all these other kids who were in the hospital bed, um, and. And the first one was named Milo, so he names every subsequent one of them Milo. As and it seems like it's it's sort of just one-off joke thing. But then, just like a scene later, he unironically is calling him Milo, and he's going by Milo, and the doctor calls him Milo, and it's just a thing that they don't even address. I I, I think I think they did a find replace on the name, and they forgot to take. Well, here's the thing. Script. That's what I thought at first, <laughs> but then at the like the very end of the movie. When they're having their big fight, Matt Smith is all like, you know, we were friends, we were best friends, Michael. You gave me my name, so it's like they right, know it right. happened. So I'm like, why is this? Why? But why? But why though? Why is this? Uh, in the it's, it's one of the many mysteries of Morbius. Well, Doctor Michael Morbius. Yes. <laughs> so they bond over their shared blood illness and desire desire to be normal. They never because, specify you know, what the hell this blood disease is or does. By the way, In, insert repo the genetic opera. I have a blood I have disease. a blood disease. Like it puts them on crutches um, and makes mm-hmm. uh, very cartoony bullies laugh at them for having a terrible blood disease. I, I I find it weird that the that you know, I get that children are dicks, but I find it weird that, that there's that one specific group of bullies that are like, ha ha, look at the kids. Well, yeah, yeah, no, so this is hack writing at its finest. You know, you you need some reason to like these characters and relate to them, but you don't have any skills as a writer to actually give them characterization that makes you root for them. So instead <laughs> you just have like unrealistic levels of cruelty happen to yes. them so then you're you're on their side yeah, by because default. later when michael gets a- adopted or he goes no he goes to the fancy school he gets they right. get detected to the fancy school in new york um and kid milo i'm just gonna call him milo because it's easier um they just like just like dr michael morbius did in the movie um <laughs> but like he gets the letter and then he goes out because he loses the letter outside, and then the bullies grab the letter and be like, "Look at this right. letter from that the, that the sick letter. kid got from his friend. What a loser <laughs> and loser!" And then they beat up the kid on crutches, like they just start <laughs> kicking him. Yeah. And then the doctor it's, has uh, to come obviously out. it's not funny, but the fact that it's so unrealistic and yeah, just like yeah, out there for, yeah, is the kind of surreally funny. Like obviously the. This happening in a in a real world situation is obviously very bad. It's just so yes. utterly ridiculous that I and can't help but be like, "What the fuck is happening?" Yeah. So their adoptive father and hospital director Nicholas arranges for Michael to attend medical school in New York while he focuses on caring for Milo. Twenty five years later, Michael publicly declines a Nobel Prize yeah. for his work with synthetic blood. We way, never really find out why he declined the Nobel yeah, Prize. Yeah, he, he just decided not to because he doesn't care question mark 
I guess. Also, is it just me, or were the title cards in this movie really hard to read for no reason? Because, like... Um, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So here's my thing. I actually, I, I, I hate this trend. I hate this trend where every new location needs a fucking title card. I hate this so much. Because, <laughs> like, if there's a scene in Venom where they go out into the ocean, and then they're, like, international waters. It's like, dude, it's the fucking Atlantic Ocean. Oh, yeah, well, no, that happens at this. Atlantic that, Ocean yeah, that happens. in the bottom. Yeah, they had, yeah, there's a title card for international waters in this movie. That, I, I don't... We know it's the ocean. We know it's the... You don't need to tell yeah. us it's the ocean. I don't mind having some title cards. I think they can be an effective transition piece. But, like, yeah, something like international waters... No. <laughs> just like here's the thing. It's like you go to a different location, you should trust your audience to understand the idea of a scene transitioning to a new location. Yeah. That that's one of the basic things in filmmaking. You don't need a title card every time someone moves to a different location. <laughs> this isn't the 1920s. <laughs> you aren't putting in intertitles anymore. Also, right? I'd like We get it's the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also like to point out I don't know why this bothers me so much, but it really does. I'd also like to point out that in the speech that they give to introduce Dr. Michael Morbius, um, that they say that his artificial blood has saved more lives than penicillin. And I'm sorry, what? (laughs) I wonder, though, can Jehovah's Witnesses take artificial blood? That's the real question. That's a very good question. (laughs) Are they good with the blue blood? (laughs) That's... (laughs) So Mike, Michael's colleague, Martin Bancroft, who's like the boring-ass love interest in this movie and, and only yeah. exists for him to act depressed against, discovers he I has secretly we, captured uh, dozens of vampire bats in an incredibly unethical experiment from Costa Rica in the hope of splicing their genes to, with his own to cure his condition. I'd also like to say uh, in relation to Bancroft, I think we all owe an apology to Michelle Williams in Venom. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> So here's the thing, is this movie is, like, trying to be Venom, but sort it's of? not fun like, it's sort or entertaining. Of, like, it's sort of trying to be Venom, but also not. It do- Like, this movie, I don't get the sense that anybody involved had any clear idea on what they wanted this movie to be. Right. With these- it's a PG-13 vampire movie. Yeah. And- what more can you say? We could just end the review there. The PG-13 vampire movie, that's not technically in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, despite uh, a really, really shitty ending scene that we're going to get to. Yeah, we'll get to that. And Michael Morbius, uh, Dr. Michael Morbius, he discovers that bat, because he's been, he he got the bats at the beginning, right? And he found that the bats, because they drink blood, they have these special coagulants, in their teeth. And Michael Morbius like, I need to make my body generate these coagulants. And this will cure my blood disease because reasons. Hey, like, it's, it's science. <laughs> science! They never specify any specific... Like, him having coagulants that allow bats to consume blood somehow cures his blood disease. But then but, again, it doesn't, really. But it also... It turns him into a vampire. It also, it cure, but yeah, but him turning into a vampire does technically cure his blood disease for That's reasons. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why. And again, they never even specify what the blood disease Chris, is. Chris, it's science. It's science. It's be- science. It's because... Si- so inject this man with some science. <laughs> Exactly. So after informing Nicholas and Milo of his planned illegal experiment, and by the way, I'd like to say, if you want us to actually, like, 
empathize with a mad scientist, it's probably not best to have him treat animals in a way that's very uh, unkind. Like, or leave that sure, one little... I understand you, you do experiments on rats and mice and stuff like that, but he has like these bats in like a cylinder, and there's like no food, and they seem very cramped. They must be very upset Like, what do there. they eat? Like, yeah, how does he feed them? I'm worried them? about these bats. And there's also, <laughs> there's also the scene where he visits the little girl... And who right. ha- who also has the blood disease, I think, or has a different I disease, have a maybe, blood disease. and and has to put her in an induced coma, and then we don't yeah. see her for the rest of the movie. She's just in that. She just Doctor Michael Morbius so I, I, just I wanna, left that little girl out. in a coma is, for no reason. <laughs> you want to know what level of hack writing this is? Saw three. <laughs> in Saw three, there is a scene where a depressed surgeon is uh, basically shirking her responsibilities, comes in all of a sudden, a little girl's dying, and she immediately knows what to do, and then she gets chewed out for being not there and quick enough, okay? But this is Saw 3 writing, basically. (laughs) Only minus the fun, and minus the the deep character development of Amanda Young. Yeah, like, it doesn't, Um, this movie doesn't know how to be fun, but it also doesn't know how to have serious character drama, so uh, the whole thing feels unnecessarily dreary. Like, it's just like, yes, can somebody like, I know a lot of people have, I, I got the distinct impression in the theater that everyone around me was bored. Yeah. Say, like there was almost, there were only like three or four other people when I went to see it. And I went to see it the day it came out. It was like a matinee, but there were still. 10 people in my theater and none of them really talked about the movie when they came out. They were like, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Cause you know, cause we'll, and we'll get to like, we'll get to, uh, we'll get, we'll get to like Sonic too, but like, People were talking about Sonic 2 on the way out of the theater. They were not talking about Morbius. Everyone was, like, dead silent. Nobody cared. (laughs) Yeah. While the cure works, it transforms Michael into a vampire. And by the way, he's uh, basically, he went to a private mercenary vessel in international waters with his equipment. Now, this is actually a real thing. Uh, Weirdo libertarians like the idea of setting up, like, their own countries in the ocean because they believe that it gives them, uh, it it makes them not able to be accessed by other people's laws. This thing called seasteading. Or, or it, it, you know, technically flies under the flag of Uzbekistan or whatever. Um, like, so it's not under U.S. jurisdiction. uh, So he seasteads in order to make an illegal experiment, although I'm not really sure if it is illegal because technically speaking... He's only giving the dosage to himself. Yeah, but I mean, like, it depends on the... It, 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 does it go against, like, the science code or whatever? Like, is You mean the the, the code, uh, the Hippocratic Oath? No, the, I don't think so. I mean, the, yeah, the Hippocratic... I, mean, I don't think it goes against the Hippocratic... Well, I mean, it doesn't... Does turning yourself into, turn a into a vampire count as hurting yourself? Like... Well, I you'd have to ask Edward. Edward would say yes. Ah, I, I uh, see. The... <laughs> But anyway, this is not Twilight, sadly. This has some of the wor- although this does have some of the worst CGI in a movie I've seen since that yes. weird baby in the in the final Twilight movie. Because d- dear God, like the like okay, like the vampire makeup looks okay. Like it looks no, it doesn't. I, it's not even makeup. It, it literally just looks like they CGI. I his can't face. tell if it's makeup or a CG. Sometimes it looks like makeup. Sometimes it's when he goes full vampire face. That one time it looks. Eh, the makeup's like, garbage. It's not the worst. I mean, like I've seen worse. 
Like I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to say anything. I'm trying to find anything. No, 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 no. D- don't, don't say anything, guys. Because here's the thing. Also, is that this movie not only has bad effects, it's trying to hide its bad effects with this weird, like, whenever he moves really fast, there's like this yeah, weird, the weird trail like, behind the, the him. Weird, yeah, the weird trail they added in, po- like, which, which, like, I'm sorry. Is he like shedding? Like, what is going I on think there? It's some, I think it's meant to be a form of like a reflection of his echolocation because. Bats? But here's like, the thing, is that when we're in other people's perspectives, they see it also. Yeah. So it's not just a him thing. So does he make an echolocation aura when he runs that is visible? <laughs> it makes no sense, and it only is there, in my opinion, because they were trying to hide how bad yeah, the Yeah, because the rest of the- because, yeah, I, even the, like, the, the vampire makeup, while bad, is I've seen worse, um, mm-hmm. whereas- Whenever he's, like, doing parkour shit or, like, trying to fly around or, like, doing his echolocation, it looks ugly as fuck. Like, it's Yeah. It's well, this terrible. whole movie has, like, this 2011 gritty color correction to it that makes it feel so dated. Like, this movie feels like it should have come out, like, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 era. Yeah. That's how bad it, it is. It looks, like it, sh- it, it looks like it should be a 2013 Netflix original. Um, that's what it looks exactly. like. Um, he kills the crew of mercenaries of the, and drains their blood, and they attack him out of fear. Yeah, which is the you know. closest connection this movie has to the source material, because in Morbius's first appearance, he was he, he was on a boat, and he killed all the people on the boat, and then afterwards he was like, oh god, what have I done? And that implies whole... anyone cares about the Morbius lore. Yeah, Exactly. But I only I only know that because I technically own Morbius's first appearance because it was I have the comic that he first appeared in because my uncle gave it to me when I was a kid. Um, I I wish I had kept it in better condition because it might be worth Mm. actual money if I hadn't, you know, let the cover fall off. Although then again, it might not considering the movie might have made it gone, made made that gone down less made it go made it go down in value (laughs) because of how bad it was. Um, Yeah. But like anyway, but like to give credit to that story at least it felt like they were trying to give morbius pathos in that original comic and like because you know he felt guilty about killing all the people and you know we were supposed and we had gotten to know the crew within that comic whereas this they're all just a bunch of assholes we've never met before and the one person we had met before um lives so what right what was the point <laughs> what was the <laughs> You just so, wanted hey, to have an action bloodlust... scene on a boat. That's all it was. <laughs> once his bloodlust subsides and he regains his, his senses, a horrified Michael erases all the CCTV footage of his experiment before contacting authorities and jumping overboard. Michael returns to New York, somehow having swam all the way from the ocean back to the New York coastline, but it's never explained, <laughs> and discovers he now has superhuman strength, speed, reflexes, and echolocation, with his vampire bats treating him as a bat. Yeah. Which is... Really weird and uh, super hilarious when we get to see Jared Leto in his bat pillar. Yeah, especially considering he never uses the vampire power of turning into a bat. He doesn't turn into a bat at all. Right. He just has some bats with him that carry him around. And at one point, it says something about how bad and boring this movie is, that at one point someone does a bat Hadouken, and it's still boring as fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and then we get introduced to our two cops. Oh, yeah, Tyrese uh, Gibson, who is here for some reason. And... These guys are straight out of a Saw sequel. <laughs> That's how boring they are. Tyrese Gibson, right? like... It's... You know, that might actually be that might actually be insulting, because I remember the, the Saw cops' <laughs> names, you know? 
I because they had arcs. They were. Well, I remember. Movies. I remember the other one. I remember Rodriguez, who's the one who's not. I don't Tyrese remember Lee. any of them. They were the most cliched, boring ass Law and Order cops I had ever that seen in my tr- entire that life. That is true, but I remember Rodriguez specifically because he has this weird halfway to Minnesota accent and is weirdly right. chipper about everything. Like, oh, we haven't oh, seen Minnesota. anything like this in San Francisco, don't you know? Like, what? The- <laughs> Six people were murdered. <laughs> what the fuck? Anyway, uh, oh, so by, then by what the happens? way, I'd also like to point yeah. out that uh, Tyrese Gibson's character was supposed to have a robot arm in this movie, and he was supposed to have action scenes, and none of that is in the movie. <laughs> good. <laughs> Honestly, that would have made the movie longer. So good. Hey, but, it, uh, so hey, but was... at least Ty- at least Tyrese Gibson's character would have had a point if they gave him a robot arm. <laughs> He subsists on his synthetic blood until it gradually ceases to satisfy his needs. FBI agents Simon Stroud and Al Rodriguez investigate Michael's victims and deduce his involvement. Milo learns that Michael is cured, but becomes furious when Michael refuses to cure him as well. Which is is like, kind of weird, because sure, it's going to turn him into a vampire, but then again, he's been subsisting off of artificial blood this whole time, and it hasn't really worn off yet. And also, it's big. So like, he could just make him a vampire. Also another thing- And just teach him how to do it ethically. Yeah, it's also another thing that makes this feel dated, because it's the same scene from Amazing Spider-Man 2, where Harry Osborn is like- Spider-Man, use your oh magic my God, blood you're right. to, cure, to cure my goblin disease. And Spider-Man's like, I can't use my magic blood to cure your goblin disease because of reasons. <laughs> it's the same thing. I can't use my vampire cure to, 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 give, to give you your blood disease because it'll make you turn evil uh, for reasons. Oh, and there's, <laughs> there's this really confounding, and I don't know if anybody else ever thought of this scene uh, or thought it was confounding, but... Matt Smith, who of course played the 11th Doctor in Doctor Who, he is asked, how much pain are you in from 1 to 10? And he says 11. Yes. And I'm like, is this a reference or is my brain melting? (laughs) I also... um... I think it's a reference. (laughs) It's going to be one of those things where like your one weird friend's going to be like, guys, she said 11. Did you you hear that? He said 11. He was was 11. (laughs) I also, uh, uh, anyway. Doctor Who, I love the, I love the meme of where it's, um, it's, it's David Tennant and, uh, um, uh, Peter Capaldi, uh, doing yes. the Joker dance as, uh, Jessica Jones and the Suicide Squad. And meanwhile, uh, Matt Smith and Christopher Eccleston are sitting on the sidewalk dejected and it's a uh, Morbius and <laughs> the Dark World. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so then what happens is while checking on a hospitalized Bancroft, Michael finds a dead nurse and drains her of her blood. Believing he was responsible, he attempts to escape before being cornered and arrested. In prison, Michael was visited by Milo, who turns out was actually the one that sucked the dead nurse's yeah. blood. And this was really predictable, and I predicted it immediately. Yeah, it was immediately anyway. it was immediately clear. They have that one the the one vaguely cool looking shot in the movie of the hallway lights before uh, before before the nurse gets killed, and then they confront you. No, it was basically like some sort of Z grade horror film. It didn't. It wasn't scary. It was. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it was. I mean, it was. I mean, like it wasn't. I mean, you're right. It wasn't scary. But like compared to everything else in the movie, at least it was doing something different. This is one of those <laughs> movies where I felt guilty in the audience for paying money to see this. I was thinking. 
I paid ten dollars. Ten whole dollars. Oh, no, I bought the I bought to see more. No, I pay I paid like I paid like three bucks because I had a had a free ticket built up. And oh, I, nice. I still feel ripped off. Well, good for you. I could have good gone you, to see but... it in the RPX for cheap, but I was like... But back to my, back but, to but my I was, point. But I... but I was like, no. Morbius does not deserve point. the RPX. <laughs> Anyways, continue. I, I paid $10, and I was thinking, that $10 could have been donated to charity. <laughs> I, could have, I could have done anything else with that money. Anything. But I chose to go to see Morbius in theaters and pay $10 of my own hard-worked money for this movie which i knew was gonna suck but i i was thinking you know at least i'll have something to talk about but you know what even that i feel like there's nothing here besides the fact that matt smith does some funny dancing yeah he does dance this, at one this point this movie is boring so, as hell and that's pretty uh, there's a, all right so they they confront each other in the prison and then they have the fight in the subway that looks bad right um and then Morbius goes to confront the random. And then, and then Morbius starts flying. Yeah, then he flies so he's, around. So he can't turn into a bat, but he can fly. He can fly so in his weird. How can he fly? With his weird. What is this? How? Because he, he, he. If you're gonna have your vampire fly, he may as well turn into a bat. It's not even real right? flying. He just sort of glides on the wind. I. Think. And it doesn't make any sense. It just looks weird. Like he, like apparently, I think they say in the movie that he hollows out his bones, which works somehow and he can unhollow them uh, somehow for reasons um (laughs) anyways so then what happens is michael is visited by milo who offers to use his wealth to free him upon realizing milo took his cure and killed the nurse michael escapes to confront him they had the fight uh, an unrepentant Milo confesses to his bloodlust-induced crime and urges Michael to embrace his powers as he has. And we get this really generic villain speech of, Hey, we're the next evolution oh, yeah, they, of mankind. Coming, we're better than yeah, other people. Yeah, they keep coming people. back to this quote about the Spartans as though the movie has a theme. And it's like, yeah, no. what's the connection? <laughs> he keeps it 300 like the Romans. <laughs> to quote Kanye West. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and unwilling to hurt his brother, Michael flees like a coward, and Michael meets Bancroft to explain what Milo has done before acquiring a new lab and developing an anticoagulant to stop and kill Milo, which, by the way, is basically just, like, a sci-fi version of a stake through the heart, which is weird, considering the fact that they, like, already had him fly, so, like, I'd say here, here's the thing. You either go super scientific with your vampirism, have them not fly, have it be a blood disease, whatever, and they just need to consume blood, or you have them fly, turn into bats, do all the magical stuff. This movie's trying to do both, and it sucks. <laughs> yeah, okay? it's, it's dumb. And there's also that one scene where he he goes to fight those random thugs for basically no reason. It's, it's just there so they can have another action scene, and also so he right. can do the Venom joke, because... They, they, they still, because even though a vast majority of the connective tissue has been cut in time, like this movie has, there's a lot of very obvious differences between the marketing and the final film. For one, the Spider Man graffiti um, that was prominently featured in the trailers, gone. Nowhere in the movie. And there are several shots where there's a, pr- where they have a prominent brick wall background that was very clearly right. supposed to have Spider-Man graffiti on it, and it's just not there. Um, the Daily Bugle's <laughs> still there. Um, Oscorp yeah. is gone. It's Horizon Labs now, which is, which was, which is from the comics, 
But as far as I'm aware, it doesn't have any real connection to Morbius at all. Uh, who, who gives right. a shit? Um, and, but Oscorp <laughs> is gone. Um, the the uh, and the I am and the and but the only remaining connections are with Venom because there's the line they have about San Francisco and there's the the I am Venom joke. Although they change it because in the trailer it was like, oh, it's I'm Doctor it's Doctor Michael Morbius at your service. And in the, and in, and in this, it's a different take of the I am Venom line. And then something about. I don't even remember what the actual line was. <laughs> I don't remember there being a second line. So here's the thing. When I was in the theater, I, he was like, I am Venom. But but the thing is that the way he said it was like mumbling. He said it like, I So a couple of the people in the theater were Venom. like, what, what did he say? What did he and say? Then he, and then he... They couldn't understand And then him. he makes a vague joke about prescriptions, I think? Question mark? Yeah. Like, it, it, it's... So a, there's this really shitty thing in this movie where it shows that it's been, like, micromanaged to hell in post-production, not which that is it was that they go- add in quips whenever his mouth is off-screen. Yes! They've ADR'd in quips, although that doesn't help make the movie funnier, because I was still thinking, can someone please... The quips are terrible. Can, I was... Like, even... Like, I don't... I don't remember any of the quips, but I just remember thinking throughout the movie, can somebody please tell a joke... Can someone please do something? <laughs> like Tell a funny joke. Yeah. The jokes that the thing is is that they're it's weird. It's almost like they were ashamed that they were ADRing it because they ADR it like really low. So you can like miss it if you're if you like aren't listening correctly. That's the other thing, is that the sound mixing yeah. in this movie really the sucks. The sound mixing is is also bad. Like and the, It's not tenet levels of bad, but it's pretty bad. I mean tenet was it tenet you could at least brush off as an artistic choice. Whether or not you agree with that artistic <laughs> choice is is another matter. But um but but the, Nolan's artistic decision to completely not care about his characters. Right. Well this is not a discussion about tenet. Um right. but like the other th- the thing about the quips is that the the tone shifts in this movie are weirdly sudden. Like it'll go from yeah. super serious and super dreary to hey, we gotta make quips because people expect quips in Marvel movies, except those are well written. Um, and it'll go from that it within a scene to sometimes even within a line of dialogue where they'll start. Well, if this was a if this was a movie like Spider Man Two. Where, yes, there's, like, scenes that are, like, horror and scenes that are comedy and scenes that are drama. Like, yeah, that is different, but it's all shared by one unifying vision is yeah. the thing. There is no, no unifying vision Nothing in this feels connected. This there's no connective right. tissue to make the shifts work. Instead, someone will just say a line that starts super serious and then halfway through the line, they'll try and make it a jokey joke like this. Like, it's just, yeah. it's, it's so bad. And also the editing is choppy as hell. Like even it's because it was the movie was obviously cut down from what was movie, probably a two hour movie. It was movie. probably cut down from a two hour. Like it is, it is. This is an already bad movie that was very clearly chopped to pieces again in the yeah. edit to make it an even worse movie that was technically shorter. Yeah. So Michael meets Bancroft to explain why what Milo has done before acquiring a new lab, developing an anticoagulant to stop and kill Milo. He also plans to use it on himself, since he will become unable to resist his bloodlust and will have to kill people. And you know, this isn't something that we're shown, it's just something that he explains in a very boring way. Yeah, voice. he just, there's a lot of tell-don't-show in this movie, that's another problem. Yeah. Um. So Stroud and Rodriguez find footage of one of Milo's attacks, and believing Morbius's vampirism is spreading, release it to the media, which is a terrible thing to yeah. do, but okay. 
Nicholas recognizes Milo and pleads with him to stop. Angered by Nicholas's perceived preference for Michael, Milo wounds and forces him to call Michael. Michael watches Nicholas die. And yeah. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Because I, I forgot Nicholas was a character. Yeah, because he, he just drops out of the movie after the beginning for a long time. And then he just shows up towards the end and is like, I'm concerned about what you're doing, Milo. Milo's like, you always liked Dr. Michael Morpheus better. This is a this is a character fly have now for reasons. Um Yeah. <laughs> Michael returns to Bancroft, but she dies in his arms and he drinks her blood. I, I like to point out, I, I I have to say it. Straight guys gave Twilight a lot of shit in the 2000s and the 2010s. And then straight men went and made Venom, made uh, Morbius, which is 90 times worse than Twilight. I've read Twilight. That book is decent. It's funny. It has fun moments. It does interesting things with the vampire mythos. This doesn't. It really doesn't. It is incredibly derivative. It is, comparing this to Twilight is like comparing your child stick figure drawings to Michelangelo. <laughs> all right? This is the gap of quality between Morbius and Twilight, okay? And I think we all need to say thank you, Stephanie Meyer, for writing something that's decent and reasonable, even if it does have a little bit of a weird baby love. Yeah, I mean, I have not read or watched Twilight, and I don't plan to, and a lot of what I've seen seems not very good. But to give credit where credit is due, it seems like Twilight was actively trying to do something original with the vampire lore. Whether or not it works is up for debate. It knew what it was. Yeah, it knew what it was. This does not right. know what it is. It seems like yeah. sometimes it's a horror movie. Sometimes it's a superhero movie. Sometimes it's a supervillain movie. Sometimes he's an anti-hero. Sometimes it's a cop drama. And none of them are any good. <laughs> exactly. Angered by Nicholas's perceived preference for Michael. Yada, yada, yada. He kills Bancroft. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, she dies in his arm and he drinks her blood, which is setting up that she's going to be the she's new vampire be, in the sequel that won't happen. And then, and Morbius, <laughs> he goes on the run. Um, and then the movie right. mercifully ends, but not before we get to the, the because the, they have a big they, fight and he yeah, kills, he has the, yeah, kills have, uh, yeah, Milo. Yeah, they have the big fight. He kills Milo, and Morbius is on the run, and Bancroft's going to be a vampire. And then the movie mercifully ends before we get to the ultimate nail in the coffin. That is. The post-credits. Um, so, other big connective tissue thing erased in the edit, Michael Keaton. He's not in the movie, but he is in these post-credits. But all of the scenes he yeah. has in these post-credits are entirely different from his scenes in the trailer. So clearly there was a subplot involving uh, Michael Keaton, Adrian Toomes at some point that they cut out to make the movie shorter, and then they realized they so- they basically sold the movie on Michael Keaton showing up so that people would right. so that people would think this was relevant to the MCU so they were like shit we got to put him in there somewhere and so they put him in at the end here so yeah so what happens is so there's so the no way home crackle in the sky happens um which i guess is the ending of no way home and adrian tombs ends up in a prison cell in uh in the the morbius venom universe and instead of being like holy shit i got into another dimension or Dear God, what happens to my wife and daughter who were the only reason I was doing the crime? He just taps <laughs> his face a little bit and is like, 
man, I hope the food's better here. Am I right? I'm Michael Keaton. How you doing? And then there's a news report about how a guy named Adrian Toomes appeared in the prison. And because there's no record of an Adrian Toomes, they're like, he's expected to be released. Oh, no, we gotta let him out of and prison. And my question is, so wait, so an old man mysteriously appears in a prison cell and has no records of any kind. And you do not think that this is worth investigating? How did he get here? Well, he better could, let him go. Or he could be living under an alias. Like, why would he show up in a prison cell? How did he get into the prison? No one thinks to investigate Anyways, we get, we get, and then we we get, get the best the... line in the whole movie. We get the best line in the whole movie, which is, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm sure Spider-Man has something uh, yeah, to do with then it. then we get to the second post credit scene, wherein Dr. Michael Morbius, now on the run, drives out to the middle of nowhere for... <laughs> for for some reason, and he meets. And he's that. Wait, he's now a villain. Also, he's gone from antihero to villain. He's gone and from. It seems like he's just given up on doing the right thing for some reason. Or, or maybe he thinks Vulture is an antihero as well. I don't. I, I don't, don't think I he don't does. know. It doesn't matter. But the point it doesn't is, make sense. The point is, he drives out to the middle of nowhere for reasons, and he meets oh, up. Blue <laughs> Um, because the Kool Aid Man is red, he drives out to the middle of nowhere and 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 vulture is there in his suit now i will say the director has confirmed that this is not in fact his mcu suit and that he did in fact make this and my question is how because even if we are being found some scrap even if we are being incredibly generous it has only been like a month since he got out of prison. And that's being generous. The way it's framed, it seems like it's only been like a couple hours. Um, and in the... For his first suit, he had the assistance of the Tinkerer and a huge stockpile of Chitari tech. And it still took them over half a decade to build and perfect it. And now he's in Look, the Look, he just went to the junkyard and found some spare parts. none of resources exist. And he's made the... You don't know what they have in the junkyard of the Venom universe. I know they don't have Chitari tech. The Chitari don't exist in this universe. Maybe like... they crash landed. You don't know. Oh, so Venom stopped the Chitari invasion in this... Exactly. Oh, my fucking God. Um, also... The wings on the suit, particularly in close-up shots, bear a striking resemblance to the wings featured in the origin basement from Amazing Spider-Man 2, which means there was definitely at one point a version of this where this was supposed to be the Amazing Spider-Man universe, and Michael Keaton went to the origin basement and found the metal wings because life hates me. Which Uh, proves my theory, which is that this is in the Amazing Spider-Man 2 universe. I mean, it's... I mean... It feels more consistent with this universe than any of the it others. It feels like because it sucks. I think they're. I think they're gonna. Tr- I. I would not be shocked if they try to tie it in, especially considering the Oscorp yeah. logo in the trailer was from the Amazing Spider-Man movies. And I think the only reason they tried to scrub any connective tissue to those movies specifically is because they asked Andrew Garfield to be in this, and he said no. That is probably, the only probably because reason. Marvel probably because Marvel wanted to do something with Osborn in the future. Yeah, and and that and well and that too in relation to Osborn. Yeah. But um. So, so anyway, this movie fucking so sucks. Ba- so, well, well, hold on, hold on, because basically, because yeah. then what happens is that he shows up and he's and and he's like, all right, Doctor Michael Morbius, you know, I don't I don't know how I got here, but I bet Spider Man has, has something to do with it. And I think we should team up to do some good. And Morbius is like... And Morbius has never heard Mor- of Spider-Man yeah. in Morbius his life. Has never he's like, met- okay, sure. So Morbius, 
after driving to the middle of nowhere to meet this man he's never met, who st- who is in a weird mechanical bird suit, who references For incoherent a superhero he's never heard of and may not even exist yet in this universe, because, like, the director has confirmed that there is a Spider-Man in this universe, but all we know about him is that it's not Tom Holland. Like, that's... That's all we know about the Spider-Man of this universe. If he is even active yet at all, has he been bitten by the spider? Is it even Peter Parker? I think it's the Andrew Garfield. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to make it Andrew Garfield. But yeah, I, I, that would make more sense. Yeah, but I think there's a chance he's... Imagine if this leads to, like, a bootstrapping that where Sony resurrects the Garfield-verse. Uh, I, knew, I, know. I knew wanting more Garfield after No Way Home was a monkey's polish. <laughs> God damn it. I know. Um... But base and so he's so so you don't like and this. So he teams this scene. up, and so he agrees to team up with this guy to take down this person he's never heard of and may not even exist yet, because reasons. Because we need an end credit scene to tease for the people in the audience. Because, oh man. So they'll be excited for Morbius two, bloody boogaloo. I can't wait for the man. I love the Sinister Six as a concept, but like the idea of a Sinister Six. With Jared Leto's Morbius? No. Please. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. And, like... <sighs> so, like, okay, on one hand, I don't want to watch more shitty movies. But on the other hand, there is a part of me, an evil part of me, that wishes for the downfall of the whole superhero landscape thing. So then we can only get the good superhero movies. You know, like, the people that actually want to make superhero I movies mean, that, and not all these fucking mediocre movies that nobody gives a shit I mean, about, that's, you know? I mean, the, those uh, good superhero movies. So I'm, 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 I'm torn podcast. between my two desires. The, I, the problem with your theory is that a vast majority of superhero movies are the, are the good ones. Um. Uh, well, we'll have to agree to disagree on that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie fucking sucks, right, Chris? Yeah, it, it fucking sucks, and... Because the the editing is choppy, all the performances are bad, the CGI is the bad, is garbage. the action is boring, the, all the characters are boring. It except for Matt Smith. Except for Matt Smith when he's dancing and hamming it up. That's kind of fun. He's the only reason why this movie doesn't get a one out of ten. Yeah, honestly, that and like a handful of decent looking shots, and that's that's about it. Um, and none of the story makes sense. The post-credit scenes are some of the most bafflingly idiotic teasers I have ever seen in my life, and what are we? Some kind of suicide? Well, that wasn't squad. a teaser. That was just a, like a scene. But like, yeah. Um, I know, but it, it, it's that. It is that. It's that it is level that kind of, of energy. And if I, if we are going to speculate on what I think they're going to do, is in an they're I- going to can this entire project. Ideal, Morbius isn't going to show up in anything. In, ide- in an ideal world, they'll just stop. And exclusively in movie theaters, April first. I can't believe. Was this just a prank? Was this just an elaborate like a prank. prank on me specifically? Um, yes. And so, like, assuming, but let's let's assume that they still begrudge forward with these for some reason. Why? Um, because here's what I think will happen with what they do with Spider-Man. Either a, it's just Andrew Garfield. B, it's Andrew Garfield, and they pass it off to Miles Morales. Or C, they get a completely different actor and say he's Ben Riley, the clone Spider-Man. 
Nay, nay, nay. All of these are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All of these are wrong. Because what is actually going to happen is Sister Six is going to team up. This is their plan. Sister Six is going to team up, and then they're going to find some way for them to go to the MCU-verse because Sony does not believe their universe can exist on its own. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but also... It's basically a parasite on the side of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, the problem with your theory is that that would require them getting approval from Kevin Feige, and there there is no way Kevin Feige is going to let this They have the nuclear option. They have the nuclear option. The nuclear option is... We don't let you make any more Spider-Man movies. <laughs> Kevin, That's the nuclear Kevin option. Has to they be like, have all the cards. Hmm, do I want to have to deal with Jared Leto in exchange for? Hmm. All right, but all right. Okay, on one condition, Mahershala Ali stabs Jared Leto in the first ten minutes, and then he's not in the rest of the movie. I'll, I'll, Look, I'll I'm just <laughs> excited to go see everywhere, every, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. I I don't have a stake in all. Go of this. see, go see everything, <laughs> everywhere, all at once. Or go see it's a much better or movie. Or go see the other much better movie we're going to talk about, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Don't see Morbius. So, Chris, what'd you give Venom? M- Morbius. 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 Sorry, Morbius. Sorry. Uh, this is, like, like, it's weird how connecting this to Venom feels like an insult to Venom. Because the Venom movies are dumb. Yeah. But they're fun. They're schlocky. Yeah. They know what they want to be. There's an energy right. to them. People, people seem to like making them. This feels like the Asylum, again, I think the most damning thing we've said, and I think we both agree, is this feels like an Asylum version. This feels like an Asylum, so this feels like an Asylum MCU. version of Venom, like, in, in many yes. this This is what, like, remember when that first Venom teaser trailer came out, and it was, like, a nothing thing? Yeah. Morbius is everything I feared Venom would be based on that teaser. That's... Yeah. That's what this movie Got is. It. It's boring, it's right, lifeless, think, it's nothing, and terrible. I think we agree yeah. that this movie sucks. This movie sucks, and it's the worst movie of the of the year so far, and will probably so far. remain that way, most likely. Well, now we're going to take a short break before we talk about Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yes. Okay. So now we will be discussing the classic new film, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It is an art film... Of course, directed by Jeff Fowler, with a screenplay by Pat Casey, Josh Miller, and John Whittington, based on the classic piece of literature, Sonic the Hedgehog, by Sega, and produced by Neil H. Moritz, starring James Marsden, Ben Schwartz, and Tika Sumter. Yes. Yes. Also featuring uh, Jim Carrey and and Idris Elba, and of course, uh, Colleen O'Shaughnessy. Yeah, don't forget about Lee Majub. Oh, Lee Majdab is also there. Um, I, I said his name wrong. I'm sorry, Lee Majdab. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm going to try and get through this plot as quickly as possible so that Chris does not interrupt me because I know Chris is a Sonic stan <laughs> and will take any moment to basically uh, describe this movie in cr- excruciating <laughs> detail. vivid detail because there's so many things I want to talk about with this movie because I think this movie is great. Um. Several months after defeating Dr. Robotnik and being adopted by Tom and Maddie Wachowski as their son, Sonic the Hedgehog attempts to help the public as a vigilante to little success, trying to stop a bank robber, and this whole thing kind of doesn't work, and then he gets told by uh, his basically adoptive father, James Marsden, who is not Chris Pratt. Uh, he uh, uh, says, although, hey, uh, you gotta be safe when you're trying to save people. Fun fact, one of the actors originally considered for Tom in the first movie was in fact Chris Pratt so you are not off base exactly there. that's why I'm saying he's a discount Chris Pratt anyway 
So, Tom advises Sonic to remain patient for the day his powers will be needed before he and Maddie depart for his, her sister Rachel's wedding in Hawaii. Rachel's yeah. the best character in this movie, and I'm going to tell you why later. Um, All right. I mean, that's Sonic a weird way to, to, spell, to, to spell Knuckles, but okay. No. <laughs> uh, Sonic plans to have fun while home alone, but is attacked by Robotnik, who has returned with the help of Knuckles. Eee, Knuckles! <laughs> yes. Knuckles desires to honor the legacy of his extinct tribe and demands the location of the legendary Master Emerald, an ancient relic that allows its possessor to bend reality to their will. Sonic is rescued by Miles Tails Prowler, a two-tailed fox who's definitely not gay, who idolizes him and came to warn him about Knuckles. Sonic convinces Tails to help him find the Master Emerald, while Robotnik reunites with his assistant, Stone, who is in love with him and now running a coffee shop. Hell yeah! Scheming to steal the Emerald for himself, offers to help Knuckles. Sonic and Tails follow clues on a map from Sonic's deceased guardian to Longclaw in Siberia where they have a dance-off or find a compass with an old temple. They win the dance-off and Robotnik and Knuckles track them down and pursue Sonic and Tails down a mountain. And then they have a scene in this temple where it's really derivative of Raiders of Lost Ark and they point out how derivative they make a, it is. They make a joke and, about it so it's okay. And also yep. the temple looks like the temple from, from Sonic Adventure and, and, and I'm Sonic sure Adventure 3. And during yeah. an ensuing avalanche, Robotnik Knuckles steals the compass, and Tom rescues Sonic and Tails by using a ring to teleport them to the wedding, crashing his friend's wedding in the process, because he mixed up the ring that teleports people with the wedding ring. Now, Rachel's fiancé and his wedding guests reveal themselves to be undercover agents of the Guardians Units of Nations, aka Gun, and capture Sonic, Tails, and Tom. So basically, the FBI was uh, basically being run by the Olive Garden guy for the first movie. Yes, and they refer to him and, as Olive Garden guy. <laughs> yeah, and the Olive Garden guy was in touch with uh, his friend, who is uh, the one that's marrying Rachel. But he actually loved Rachel, and we get to the best subplot of the movie, which is where Rachel wants revenge for the fake wedding. And she basically goes after him with all these scientific alien technology guns. And then what happens is Maddie and I, Rachel, work to rescue them while Robotnik and Nuck find an underwater temple containing the Master Emerald. Sonic goes to the temple and fights Knuckles, but Robotnik steals the Emerald and leaves Knuckles to die with Sonic as the temple collapses. Betrayal. Sonic and Knuckles escape and agree to work together as Tails rescues them in a biplane. Robotnik absorbs the Master Emerald and becomes omnipotent. And in Green Hills, Robotnik destroys Gun's forces and creates a giant robot resembling himself and turns into a kaiju! Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles work together to fight the robot and reclaim the Master Emerald, but it shatters, releasing the seven Chaos Emeralds. Tom and Maddie rescue Sonic, who uses the Chaos Emeralds to transfer forward to Super Sonic, basically Super Saiyan Sonic, and he destroys the robot before dispersing the emeralds and reverting them back to normal. Knuckles restores the Master Emerald from the remaining shards and agrees to safeguard it with Sonic and Tails, and the three resume an idyllic life with the Wachowskis. Not uh, the Wachowski directors, they're just named Wachowski. And uh, Stone infiltrates Gun as it begins searching for Robotnik and Mech's rubble, and Agent reports to Gun Commander Walters that a 50-year-old file containing coordinates to, re to a research facility which houses Project Shadow has been uncovered, and we get Shadow, Shadow the Hedgehog! I told you and it was going to be in one movie. of these movies! I told you! Vindication! I think I deserve a round of applause for being able to synopsize the whole <laughs> movie without Chris interrupting. And now we shall get to my portion of the podcast. Why Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is a masterpiece. Um, and <laughs> All right, I'm going to go refill my water while you tell All them. right, so Sonic the Hedgehog 2. So, so there's a lot of really cool stuff that happens in this planet. First, in this movie. So first of all, it opens with Robotnik on the Mushroom Planet, which you may remember from the first movie. And it's like Mushroom Hill Zone from Sonic and Knuckles. And then he opens the portal and, he stand there, and there's these lizard men who come out. And I didn't get this at first, but then I remembered that in the first movie, that when they were developing the first movie... Uh, 
before they had decided to use the Echidna tribe, they had come up with these lizard men. So that's what these are. And they're with Knuckles. And Knuckles is the best character um, because he's... And for a number of reasons. For starters, he's voiced by Idris Elba fantastically. And second of all, they don't make him a dumbass. Like, a lot of more modern interpretations of Knuckles kind of just turn him into a joke. And, you know, whereas this sort of Knuckles, you know, he's this badass warrior. But the fact... I thought Knuckles was pretty pretty decent. I thought Idris Elba's voice acting was a little uh, off-putting. In the sense, I wasn't expecting Knuckles to sound like I mean, that. I, I mean, because I, I mean, well, like, I, I like it. Also, it feels... Knuckles doesn't rap in this, so that's automatically he... a point against Okay, it. true, he does not rap, but at the, but he also doesn't chuckle. Because unlike Sonic, he don't chuckle. He'd rather flex his muscles. So Right, because he's Knuckles. Yeah, he's he'd knock, knock, it's Knuckles. Um, and, and, you know, I love the whole thing they go, where he is this kind of badass warrior who takes everything way too seriously so the humor with him comes from all the other characters being like what the hell is this guy's deal it's basically like, drax the it's destroyer. drax mixed with zuko because he also has the drax minus the not, not being able to take things uh not being able to stand metaphors yeah because he does understand some metaphors um right. and he's also got a bit of zuko in there because he has this whole thing about honor um because like it's yeah. like later in the temple fight he's like stand still and die with honor, <laughs> I like to give this. I like to give this movie a point for not having him say, "Do you know the way?" Yeah, there's no Ugandan the knuckles joke, thank God. Um, yes. and so so they have so so they, so they have that. So so Robotnik and Knuckles meet, and then we have the scene. I also like to say Jim Carrey's really annoying in this movie. Wait, I like. Like Jim I Carrey. did, I did not like Jim Carrey in this movie, uh... and that's maybe just that I don't like Jim Carrey. <laughs> In general, like I don't like his comedic stuff. I feel like he's always over too over the top, and I know it's a movie for toddlers, but like and I don't 30, know. And, and I, I feel like you so. could have. I feel like the director occasionally should have reined him back a little bit from the constant ad libbing. Like no, at I, some I, points, he's like referencing Evil Dead, and I'm like, why? No, I just, I just. That's the other thing is there's like tons of like movie references in this movie, and I don't really know why they keep making them because like it's stuff that the kids wouldn't have seen. So I guess it's there for the adults, but the jokes themselves don't really land all that well. So I'm like, I feel like that could have been done better. The humor is really hit and miss. I'd say. I would say I disagree about Jim Carrey. I think he's great. I especially because the un because I am I am a fan of. I like I like the mushroom planet. Yeah, the though. mushroom planet is cool, and as I mentioned, it's it's mushroom hill zone. Um, and I I think Jim Carrey, um, uh, him being able to go over the top and unhinged is a lot of fun, and also fits the character of Robotnik. It it is Very to well. a certain point, but the thing is, when it, when you see it for two hours, it's kind of grating. I will I will say my 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 thing though is okay. So we've given him the bald head, we've given him the mustache. Where's the gut? Put Jim Carrey in a fat suit. Come on, like that's the, I agree. That's 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 all I'm asking. So anyway, so then we get besides the that, uh, they they at least attempt to give Sonic a. Uh, they give Sonic a character yes, arc in this, a, and I think... He has an arc, um, um, and it's... You see, with, with the big difference between this film and this, the first film is I feel like the first film was a cash-grab product made for, like, babies, and, like, they didn't give a shit about well, it. And in this version, it feels like they cared that they were producing something that would be viewed by children and thus try to actually give it a moral and a message and also create characters that are generally engaging. And they weren't just, like, doing whatever to make money so their parents can send them off to a theater for an hour and a half. 
Well, to, to use a more kind version, because you're overly harsh about Sonic the Hedgehog for some reason, is that... I'm not. The movie's the, mediocre as fuck. No, the, the first movie is, like, it's good. I enjoy it. But it also doesn't have a lot of Sonic-y things in it. Like, it feels... Well, like, Sonic is right. the main... It's a, car- it's a cash grab like family Sonic film is version the, of a video game. Um, the, the first movie... Well, yeah, Sonic is the main character, and he is the focus of the story. But it feels more like, you know, this sort of, you know, your standard kind of road trip movie. But the Sonic happens to be in it. Whereas this movie feels like a Sonic movie. It's got Sonic Right, this stuff. is what the first film should have been to begin in with. In many ways, you are correct. Um, I, I don't yeah. disagree. And this is definitely so, an improvement. Basically, this movie feels a lot more earnest than the first one. Although it does still have, like, stupid, like, fart There's a couple of farts. Like I will say, I did kind of like the one where he made the fake Sonic to, to trick his to, to trick Tom. I, 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 nobody laughed in the theater at that. Well, uh, but then again, there were only eight people in the yeah, theater. I, people uh, laughed at people. And what, and by the way, the, the dad behind me was snoring <laughs> during the movie. P- people uh, laughed in my screening at that. That was the one fart joke people did laugh at. <laughs> so, so here's the thing is like, yes, the movie isn't trying to be like, I don't know, the next childhood classic for a whole generation. Even though it probably will be. It is, <laughs> For what it is, it is a decent time, and uh, overall, I'd say that I had a mildly pleasant experience, uh, which is way more than I could say for the first film. Anyway, you wanted to continue with your thoughts? Anyway, so Sonic the... Alright, so further evidence on why Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is a masterpiece. So then we get to the Uh scene where Sonic is in Seattle and he has to stop the robbery in this in this really cool action sequence you know he's driving around and there's he has this back and forth with the criminals like, your negative attitude isn't helping and I'll be honest I never really thought of Sonic as a superhero well, I mean he I mean, he's not a tradition. Like, I always, I always thought of him, at, like in the in the classic role where he's like trying to d- save nature from the robotic. Yes, that's true. He is a, he is uh, especially more in the games. He is as a specifically an environmental. I always bend saw him as him. more of an eco terrorist type. <laughs> eco terrorist. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely, you're not exactly wrong in terms of the games and even Sonic Sadam, where he was leading a, you know, re- resistance group. Um... Exactly. But, like, yeah. I feel like, especially, you know, like, things like the IDW comics do also lean into the idea that he is rescuing, like, these, like, the the animals he's rescuing are also, or the animals or people, you know, depending on the story, you know, whether that be the IDW comics or some of the other games. Yeah, but that's games the thing, where... is if he's a superhero, he's a superhero for furries. He's <laughs> not a superhero for the humans. Well... Generally, yeah, he's because in most, because especially in more recent stuff, they've kind of phased out the humans more and more, and it's just more right. the the anthro the anthropomorphic characters. You see, that's the thing is, I don't I don't see why we need to have all this human stuff in a Sonic film at all. I don't I mean, disagree with you on that because I feel like this could have worked a lot better as as a big budget animated. I don't movie. disagree with you, but I think what happened was that for the first movie is that the director. Because Jeff Fowler has a history with Sonic. Like, he worked on cinematics for the games. And he has... He cares about right. this franchise. So I think what happened was that the studio... for uh, On the first one, was the studio was like... Right. We want, you know, kind of a, a relatively cheap family film with a recognizable IP. But Jeff Fowler cares about the franchise. So he was doing his best to try and make it a Sonic movie. A, like, a, the, a Sonic movie within these 
specific studio mandates and limitations. And then because that movie did well for the second movie, they were like, okay, do whatever you want. And he was like, I'm going to do the game shit because that's what, to, right. cause that's what I wanted to do from the beginning. Cause there are, there's but stuff they have the legacy and all the human in the first movie. Like there was a, like there was a draft of the first movie that had tails in it. And there was a draft of the first movie that had supersonic, but like they had to cut that out. The, the reasoning is the reasoning they said was to focus specifically on just Sonic um, but also part of the real reason is probably they wanted more humans in it, but now right. they can do Sonic stuff. And, but, but because the humans were established in the first movie, you can't get rid of them completely immediately because that would be, that would feel weird. So I think what they're doing is just slowly phasing them out over time because they're not in it that much. Like, well, anyway, please continue with your notes because, uh, I, I will just make asides and commentaries occasionally. Yes. I don't. I don't want to horribly derail your analysis of Sonic the Hedgehog. All right. Too. So, so then what happens is um, I do want to talk for a moment about uh, Ben Schwartz's performance as Sonic. I said this in the first movie. I really like Ben Schwartz as as this character. I think his voice works really well. He clearly he clearly loves playing this character. He's clearly having fun, and I think it fits very well. And I like how he plays it. You know, younger and you know a bit more naive than someone like that's what i don't like really you see my 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 opinion is that the the iconic definitive sonic is usually a teenager that's true yes and he has a very teenager attitude about yes like he doesn't give a shit about authority he skates he's a very 90s (laughs) well i mean mean, sonic does skate in this movie he's on the he's on he does have the scene in the on the skateboard it's true but he does not have uh he does not have soap shoes that's true. Well, they, they they haven't done the soap shoes since Adventure Two because I think uh, soap because <laughs> soap was soap shoes were like a, a fad. Yeah, soap shoes and were a fad, did. and they don't exist anymore. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. The the company went under, but um, I I like well I like how he plays it a bit more inexperienced because this is a Sonic that is still getting you. This is a Sonic who even in the second movie is still kind of getting used to his powers and getting used to doing what he does, which is why even though like I love Roger Kirk Smith. You know who, who's the current voice? Like I love him very much, but his Sonic's his Sonic's cockiness is more from like he's done this shit a million times before, and I don't think that would really fit with this story. Like this is the story of a younger Sonic, and this Sonic is still is still very much cocky, but he's cocky because he's a dumb teenager who doesn't know any better. Like, can I pitch you an idea? Okay. Sonic is middle-aged, washed up, and uh, basically reliving memories from the 90s, and he has to find his cool... That remind, that just reminds me of this really terrible pitch I came up with for a Sonic movie <laughs> when I was, like, 12, where <laughs> Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, and Amy got sucked into the real world. And I don't just mean Earth, I mean the actual real world, and they got turned into humans... And Sonic had an existential crisis over de- learning he was a work of fiction. Um, <laughs> so basically, Doug Walker. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, please continue. Anyways, um, sorry to subject you all to that. Anyways, so so then t- Tom and Tom and Matt. So so they have the so they have the action scene, and they they, they have the sewers pop open as a reference to Sonic Adventure, and then oh, that's a reference. Yeah. Open your heart, it's gonna be alright. I will say, one of the few qualms I have with this movie, and I said this about the first movie, 
we need more Sonic music in these. Because, like, there's, like, like the first movie, there's, like, two times where there's Sonic music. Green Hill Zone is Tom's ringtone later in the movie. Where is rolling around at the speed of sound? That is a very good question. The first movie was in San Francisco. That was a perfect opportunity to use Escape from the City, and you didn't do it. I don't, I don't understand. That song slaps. And also, where's the, where's the Knuckles rap music? I mean, maybe... Uh, Missed opportunities I mean, left have, and right. I mean, they didn't have the Knuckles... Where is Sonic the musical? They didn't have the Knuckles rap, but they did have that Kid Cudi song. So... That's, that's true. What, what did yeah. you think of the, the Kid Cudi song? <laughs> I mean, I like Kid Cudi. It just felt out of place in a Sonic movie. Yeah, it was a... I mean, I, it was a little... Like, it's probably a better song than Speed Me Up, but also it's not really about Sonic. So, like... Eh? Right. <laughs> also, I'm not sure where depressed aughts rappers fit into sonic well i mean i feel like that would be more of a shadow i feel thing. like well i mean based on his twitter king anyway, cuddy does seem to be a notes. sonic fan anyways um so then what happens is that is is that they have the scene in the boat and sonic has some some character bonding and some character development because he's all like you know, you're you're supposed to be my friend. I'm trying to be my dad, James Marsden. God, James Marsden's character is still really boring. <laughs> he doesn't. So <laughs> here's one weird thing: like he doesn't even fit the character that he's supposed to be playing. Because at one point he's like next to all these buff guys at the wedding, and like he's supposed to be like out of place and nerdy looking. But you look at his biceps; he's like rippling biceps. <laughs> and I'm like, dude. You're not too different from these guys. I mean, guys. like, he's what not that different, about? but he's still largely an average-looking man. Especially when compared to the... The veins were popping <laughs> on them biceps! <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's ridiculous. Anyway, Speaking of which, so then, the, so then the two human characters, Tom and Maddie, they go to Hawaii for the wedding. For, for Natasha right. Rothwell's wedding. Um, and I will say, even though I don't feel like that scene where it was just the humans was particularly needed it was kind of fun and unhinged natasha rothwell is pretty funny um no no you, you're not just gonna you're not just gonna gloss over that that's the best part of the movie no the best All part right. of so basically three quarters of the way through the movie the movie basically stops and rachel the side character who of course still has a grudge against tom over what happened in the first film yeah uh she's trying going to marry this one guy but the guy turns out to be an fbi agent doing a sting operation for sonic well, a gu- a gun and she agent, goes yes. off the fucking rails she's like i'm gonna kill him i'm gonna beat his ass i'm gonna track him down i'm gonna do all this spy she shit also mentioned she got her pussy waxed him. for this <laughs> Yes, and it was the best part of the movie because it was basically like a whole short film that was way cooler than the rest of the movie, and people actually laughed in those scenes, and they didn't laugh at any of the stuff. Well, your audience was clearly wrong because the best parts of the movie were the ones that had the main characters. The racial scenes were the best parts of the movie. Fight me. Uh, Well, I know this may sound shocking to you, but when I go see the movie called Sonic the Hedgehog 2, I am here to see Sonic the Hedgehog and the Sonic the Hedgehog characters. Sonic is kind of a boring character, not gonna lie. You're wrong. And I sent you an entire (laughs) very large wall of text last night detailing exactly why you are wrong. And I will not reiterate it. Look, I mean, can you give Sonic a character arc? Sure, you can. But unless you, like definitely like defy the the arc or make it like a, a specific like sci-fi dystopia like sonic sat am does i don't know it's the 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 arc is just going to be pretty basic is the thing 
It's like it's like Mario. Like, could you give well, Mario Sonic an has, interesting? Okay, the difference arc. is that Sonic has a personality. Like Mario has a personality. No, no, Mario's personality is he goes wahoo. Sonic has no, no, a, no, Sonic has happy. attitude. He loves his wife. He loves his wife. He, he, Mario he gets no action. He gets brother. Mario does not get action. Him and Peach are not married. He does not he get action. Very he very dismissive cake. of his brother Luigi's accomplishments. Get, okay, well, uh, and, and because of that, he is he is. Actually, he comes off very nice, but he's secretly a narcissist. Oh my fucking okay, that's god! The thing Get about this Mario. game theory shit out of here. We're not doing this shit. <laughs> I'm not wrong. Luigi Mario is, be- is as interesting of a I mean, character. as Luigi Sonic. is an interesting character. I'll give you that. But Mario, no. Um, and Sonic. No, this no, is no, this no, is why Mario I'm, is as interesting like, to me as Sonic I have is. always pref- to me in my opinion. I have, this is my like opinion. this is actually no joke. This is the reason I have always preferred Sonic to Mario, even though Mario is way more consistent. Um, is that Sonic has more personality? He felt like there was more to him, like because he because he had a. I character. honestly don't see it. He's just a cocky guy that likes chili dogs. That's and. Likes to likes to speak very plainly about the things that happen in front of him. Like, whoa, I better get Robotnik before he stops with all the robots. <laughs> Look at all those. And then Tails comes in and is like, hey, hey, my best buddy. <laughs> I'm here to help out. Oh, it's me, Miles. And Tails I'm a mechanic. <laughs> Miles, the only, the only character... <laughs> With any pathos <laughs> in the Sonic universe is, is Shadow. <laughs> and I will fight And Knuckles and Knuckles, he's the last of his race. Like that's Disagree. That's a... Disagree. Knuckles Knuckles is boring. Knuckles also. has Knuckles is like he Here's the thing. These characters, like, yes, I do think they're boring, but how they're done in the movie is fine. Like it's fine. It's decent, it's fine. But like overall, am I interested in a Sonic movie? No. So anyways. More on why Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is a masterpiece, <laughs> and Brian is wrong. <laughs> so after Tom and Maddie go ho- go to Hawaii, Sonic has this sort of fun goof-off sequence. He's on a skateboard. He's messing up the house. Um, he, there's a John Ralphio reference, because Ben Schwartz was, of course, John Ralphio in Parks and Rec. So I, 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 I twigged at that in the theater. I was like, I understand that reference. Um, reference. Yeah, because he, he says that movie is the what? Like the John. Yes, I I, I know I know I, I noticed the reference. I'm just pointing out how useless the reference. Is I know, but it's movie. fun. It's a fun time. We all had a good time with it. No. Anyways, I mean it's it's fine. So anyway, so then what happens is that we are introduced to the actual best character in the movie, Idris Elba. Is reintroduced is that because Robotnik shows up at the door and then he's like, you know, I'm, and Sonic's like, I don't know how you got back here, but I'm gonna stop you. And then he launches. To, to punch also, excuse him. Excuse me, you are glossing over the amazingness of Stone. In Agent, this movie? no, we haven't gotten to Agent Stone yet. I'm getting to him. Okay. I'm getting to him. Okay. We will get to him. Don't you worry. Because I, I really enjoy how they double down on the romantic tension. I do too. Yes, I agree. Yes. Um. So like, so so then, so Sonic goes in for the punch, but then suddenly Knuckles comes in and punches back, and Sonic is like, "What? And, what? Sonic meets Knuckles, and Knuckles is the best character because uh, Idris Elba." And you know all the all the stuff we mentioned, and also he gets to be a badass, like because and it, this it, movie was very hard to watch because occasionally I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I'm just like, 
Knuckles is being voiced by Idris Elba and fighting Sonic the Hedgehog on this gigantic screen in front of me. <laughs> and I don't know how to feel about it. It's amazing. This. It's fantastic. What you, uh, Idris Elba is perfect. It's more surreal than Idris anything. Elba is perfect casting, by the way. And I love that Idris Elba oh, seems to be having, like, genuine fun playing this character. Yeah, like, it's fine. It's good. It's like, good. He, he actually cares about the character and wanted to, like, study his history and, like... Like, like he he's he actually likes this stuff, and that's always nice to see. Um, that's what everyone says in the interview tour, though. Yeah, but it, it, I get I get us. Well, also the thing is, Idris Elba is coming back to do a whole Knuckles series on Paramount Plus. Of course, because so, they're going to give him a lot of money. My, the point is, he comes off as genuine. Okay, <laughs> it seems like Idris because okay. Idris Elba, especially considering. Uh, like in the MCU, by the end of it, he clearly wanted to get out. Like he was like, "I'm I'm sick of doing these movies. They never, they never give me anything to do. I want to have a bigger franchise role." And now that he gets them, he's like, "Oh, I'm having fun now. I get to be Knuckles. It's really cool. I'm, I'm gonna put him in a grocery cart and give him some grapes because I know he likes grapes." Um, yeah, I mean, Knuckles has some decent comedy in the movie, and I think the comedy works best when it revolves around Knuckles. 100%. I think that's the. Knuckles or Stones or Rachel. Those are the three... That's the holy trinity of the movie, really. You mean... I think you mean Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles, who are the actual trinity no. of the movie. No. Just, no. Why do you have such wrong opinions? <laughs> I I don't have wrong opinions. I just have my opinions. Yeah, your opinions that are wrong. <laughs> anyway, please continue. You're only 20% through the movie. <laughs> well, maybe I would be if you kept stop, stopped interrupting me with your bad takes. <laughs> Just ignore my bad take. Just let them breeze by you like a summer wind. Okay, so then what happens is that <laughs> we meet uh, the other main character of this movie, which uh, Tails, who was in the postcard scene, the last one, and... Tails is okay. Big big props here. Tails is fantastic, and big props here because they actually got uh, Colleen O'Shaughnessy, who voices Tails currently in the games, to come back to do the movie. Career, voice actors represent and although her name wasn't initially on the poster they did make another poster that put her name on it and it's really nice when voice actors also tails is like a sonic stan yeah i love that like tails is like a sonic fanboy like he like watched like his adventures in the first he's like oh my god sonic you're so cool i'm talking to sonic the hedgehog it's the legendary sonic the hedgehog he's so cool like i i love that it's great like um, it's it's such a it's a fun dynamic. Yeah, it's okay. It's, especially because you know it's Tails decent. has always been kind of like the little brother figure, so it really works. And I like how mm-hmm. Colleen, like she she's using mostly the same voice that she does for Tails in the games, but she is playing it slightly younger to be like you know because this is a Tails. It's his first mission. It's his first time meeting Sonic. He's he's not as experienced, and I, so I like that you know little subtle attention to detail. It's, you know, it's yeah. always. That is certainly a thing that they that they did in the movie. It's true. Yeah. So then we get the reveal of the the Master Emerald, the big Master Emerald. And so after Sonic opens his map and gives the hologram long claw message, they find out that the Master Emerald, which is the combined. I'm sorry, but was this was this owl thing ever in any of the games? Um, no, but. It is actually, the owls are actually a deep cut reference to Sonic 1. 
because if you remember in Labyrinth Zone, there were those tiles uh-huh. that had pictures of owls on them, and one of the screenwriters, I forget which one, it was Pat Casey or Josh Miller, I forget which one, um, basically he was in an interview that said, like, when I played Sonic 1, I always wondered what those owl tiles meant, so when I, want, so when I went to write this movie, I wanted to make owls significant, and that's why there's it's owls versus echidnas now. <laughs> I see, and the owls are genocided all the echidnas. Yeah, but the echidnas also genocide something in your Sonic the Hedgehog the movie for children. Also genocided them. They they genocided each other. <laughs> there were heroes on both sides. <laughs> I think Robotnik says that at one point. <laughs> Yes, he does, but that was in reference to Sonic the Hedgehog in yes. him. Yeah, yes, it is. Yes. Um, he also makes a joke about a hostile work environment <laughs> at one point. Yeah, I didn't like that joke. That felt, like, weird. It felt like, why are we doing, like, cancel culture jokes in, in a movie for children? Well, I, well, I, well, I, I, I liked it because it felt, because, you know, it's coming from the bad guy. He's clearly not supposed to be Here's right. Here's the thing. Um, Jim Carrey is not as funny as he thinks he is. I'm, I don't know if I agree with you on that. Just because he can make funny faces and do weird acrobatics doesn't mean that he's always funny 100% of the well, time. Well, not 100% of the time, but he's funny in this movie. Uh-huh. You know what it is? He's really good in Larry... He's really good in The Cable Guy. Uh, and, and he's really good in The Cable Guy because his character has a distinct characterization, I think. In this movie, it feels like he's just wacky Jim Carrey. It doesn't even really feel like he's Dr. Robotnik. I disagree. I think, I think he has... He's got the Dr. Robotnik flair to him um, i would disagree I, when i see watch this movie i just saw jim carrey flailing around like a i mean yes it is a lot of jim carrey flailing around but you know consider this is it's it considering how unhinged robotnik is in the games it, it fits like yeah but it's a very restrained kind of unhinged in the games this he just has no chill constantly uh, hmm. Well, anyways, so, so that so I, I I'm not a big Jim Carrey as Robotnik. Well, fan. I think he was actually really great. Um, well, what what's next in your so notes? then so Cause... then what happens is so they so they have this flashback on how how the Master Emerald is the combined form of the Seven Chaos Emeralds, which is a change from the games because the Chaos Emeralds and the Master Emerald are usually separate. But I actually kind of like this change. I kind of prefer it because in the games, the Master Emerald is in a lot of ways redundant. Like, it's this source of power, but the Chaos Emeralds are also the source of a, a source of infinite power, and the Master Emerald is there, and it controls them, I guess. And it's, and it's not even really relevant once you really go down the course of the series. So I like the idea of the Master Emerald is the combined form of the Chaos Emeralds, just to stream <laughs> that. I think that's fun. Um, I think that's a unique idea. And they have this whole flashback about how, like, the Echidnas could use the power of the Master Emerald to, like, take out armies, which, uh, that whole sequence, it's like this sort of cool 2D animated sequence that was actually drawn by, um, I forget their, I forget... Yeah, that was a that was a pretty cool yeah. animated scene. Yeah, I it was a pretty cool scene. And again, I feel like the whole movie, this whole thing could have worked better if it was I would have loved, I would, I would have loved an animated Sonic movie, but I am fine with this. Like, I am... I am okay. I tend I tend to think that the live action and the and the animated parts look weird against each other. Like the Sonic and Tails eyeballs, like generally it looks better, but their eyeballs still look plasticky and like a, like a doll like way. And I don't really. Like I it. don't. I they don't... even at some points like give like little red spots on their eyes, like they have veins. It's just like okay, it's a little strange. What's going on? I mean, here. I don't. Like, I, I disagree. <laughs> why don't you just make it animated? Well. well... 
I, I don't like animated live action hybrids that aren't uh that aren't um the one with the sexy lady. <laughs> Roger Rabbit. Roger. What Rabbit. about Looney Tunes back in action? That one's yeah. good. Well, but besides that, they're generally not. Well, very good. yeah, it's. I think again, I think it's kind of like they got saddled with being a live action hybrid. Anyway, continue with your notes. They, Anyways, that what I was saying is that sequence was actually drawn by uh, many the uh, several artists who worked on the IDW Sonic who work on the IDW Sonic comics. So it was like, ah, eh, that's. Nice. I like how these movies have been bringing in more people from the main series because obviously you know they got Colleen so, back. So what happens next they in got the movie? The IDW artist Tyson Hess. What, what's done next? A lot of what's Sonic next art. in your notes that was, you want to talk was, about? I'm talking about things. That you keep interrupting me about. So, and I'm sorry, but this has nothing to do with the the movie. Well, it does because what I was saying was that Tyson was 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 people who worked on the main series who are now doing who were now working on these movies, and because uh-huh. you know Colleen came back, they got the IDW artist. Right, you've already mentioned and, this. And Tyson Hess, um, who um, has also done a lot of Sonic uh, art, and he worked on like promotional stuff for Sonic Mania. Um, he it was the head of design on like redesigning Sonic for the first movie, you know, to make him actually good. Um, wow. So, yeah. So, anyways, so then, so they discover that the first, uh, so they find that, so they get the little compass thing, and they find that the first clue to the to getting the Master Emerald is in Siberia. So they have to go to Siberia, and then they do a dance battle, which is fine. Um, it would have been. It's 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 not a great. It scene. would have been better if it was to actual Sonic music and not Uptown Funk. But uh, yeah, it's 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 fine enough. Tails it, has. This feels cool like one of those corporate mandate scenes where somebody's smoking a cigar in the background. Like, you gotta put in a dance off scene. The kids love those dance off scenes. <laughs> yeah. My child loves Step Up to Electric Boogaloo. My child loves Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Road Chip. You gotta put Uptown Funk sorry, in there. Sir, but isn't your child twenty <laughs> five? Exactly. What's your They're point? They know what the kids like. So um, it felt like one of those scenes. And also, the fact it's in Russia feels weird. And uh, I know it's not their fault, but like... You know, I mean, yeah. Just, just feels a little the, the, weird. The, 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 okay, the, okay you know. did you see that one review that tried to... That was claiming that the movie is very specifically sided with Ukraine because Sonic and Tails are blue and yellow and Knuckles and Robotnik are red? The movie Which is a, was made before yeah, Russia invaded. I know, but someone tried to claim that anyway, and I'm like, okay, I mean, I, it worked out for them, I guess, but what? Yeah, and there's like there's like this one guy that's like the dance-off master, and he wears his stupid jacket. Yes, he does. But anyway, after that, they have to get they get the fucking map, and the whole scene could have honestly been cut. I mean, you would have saved I mean, a lot you, of time, I mean, honestly. you could have cut that one scene that was just the humans, and none of the Sonic characters were in it, and I feel like... No, 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 that's the best scene in the no, movie, you can't no, cut that. Not. What you could have done is you could Anyways, have just what replaced... happens next after the dance scene? What you could have done is you could have replaced Uptown Funk with a Sonic song, and then the scene would have been worthwhile. And that would not make the generic dance-off scene that much better. But it would make it better, and it would be better than the scene that was just the human. Anyways, what happens next? So then, even though I've already summarized, the so plot. then <laughs> this is what happens when you don't let me say things during the synopsis. Um, so then, what happens is we is we are reintroduced to Agent Stone, who is now running a coffee shop called Mean Bean Coffee, which is, of course, a reference. And he's making sp- specific lattes Latte. in the shape of Robotnik's yeah. face, and I think it's really sweet and romantic. Yeah. And I really want them to actually date in the third I mean, movie. I want them to go to Venice and have, like, little coffee, like, sitting by the by the river, and they, they're drinking their yeah, coffee. Yeah, but this 
steamed off. And then he's like, why have you always been so loyal, Stone? And Stone's just like, it's just because you're you're the most beautiful man (laughs) I've ever seen in my life. Once I saw that mustache, I knew you were the one. I mean, everyone knows that the secret to being the best Sonic character is to be Robotnik's lackey because Agent Stone, uh, Warbot and Q-Bot, Scratching Crowder. Um, Anyways, so Mean Bean Coffee, of course, being a reference to the Sega Genesis classic, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Um, But then, then she's like, Oh shit! I got the message. Robotics back. I gotta send a satellite from space that I have. Yeah, make to- it's cool. Don't worry about it. And so, and that's how Robotic gets his new machines. He gets the movie version of the Buzz Bombers, and he gets the game accurate Eggmobile, and it looks really cool. Um, and th- so, so robot. So then, and he, so so then they go to the temple in in Siberia, and there's some owl statues, and there's these weird tiles, which, fun fact, as confirmed by the director, the language on those tiles is Babylonian, as a deep-cut reference to the Babylon rogues from Sonic Riders. So, yeah. (laughs) That, that's canon. (laughs) I'm sorry, how did you want me to respond? I don't know. Okay, well, please continue. <laughs> As if anybody gives a shit about Sonic Riders. I know, I know, but they referenced it. It's there. Um, so then what happens is so they confront each other in the temple, and then we have the... But, you know, they, to break open, Sonic breaks off a piece of the wall. Cue the music! Da-da-da! Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da! Yeah, what did you like about this? Uh, scene? Yeah, it's it's the just cool snowboarding action scene. The, they're being chased by the robots, and Sonic and Knuckles are confronting each other, doing a snowboard battle, and it's it's Ice Cap Zone. It looks like Ice Cap Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog Three under Shaken Chanderson. I like the part where he rolled into a ball and hit the thing. Yes, I like that part as well. Um, so, like Sonic do. Yes, like Sonic do indeed. So then there's that one sequence where it's just the humans, which Brian seems to think is the best scene in the movie. And that's Brian... the best scene in the movie because it has the best action, the best comedy, it has the best character moments. Honestly, it has the most drama of any part of the movie. And also, the couple gets back together at the end and they fly the little wedding sign over top of them. And this was the most energy I heard in the theater was when this scene happened because everybody was like, yeah, get him, girl. Clearly your theater, clearly your screening needed to get their priorities straight because my theater had their priorities straight because they were all... There were kids behind me that were very respectfully quiet, honestly. And, um, and, And they were very quiet the whole movie. They were like, they were like... French critics. They were like watching it, like, mm-hmm. yes. They I were see. absorbing the masterpiece that is Sonic the Hedgehog too. Exactly. No cheering. No nothing. Well, because nothing. I went on the on the first day, there was like it was it, there was there was a little bit of of cheering and clapping during the last like thirty minutes. Not to say the kids didn't like it. I think they yeah. did really like it. Um, it's just it was a more of a subdued it was a it was a more subdued because well because I went on the first day, so there was there was some clapping, there was a bit of cheering. I, I, honestly, a lot of the freakouts were mostly from me. But there were also kids who, who also were visibly very excited about things that happened. And adults. Kids and adults. Security, there is a strange person in this theater screaming every time Sonic goes blue. <laughs> Please call security. I mean, I wasn't... Okay, I wasn't... Let's not go that far. Um, 
so anyways, so so then what happens um, is so that so that one sequence happens. Then they go and explore the Emerald Temple. Sonic runs on water, and it's awesome. And they and then Sonic is Jesus. That's a reference to the Sonic X Jesus fanfic. <laughs> you should check it out. So then Sonic and Knuckles have another rematch fight, and we get that cool shot You're too of, them, slow. Of, the, of the of the face-off that is currently my desktop background, and it looks awesome, and they're just constantly mm-hmm. going, Knuckles is doing the super fast punches, like, stand still and die with honor! And it's, 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 it's totally badass. And also, um... Yeah, they fight, and the fight scene is decent. It's a decently done it's fight scene. It's a badass fight scene. So cool. Decent. So cool. And then Sonic... And then it looks like Sonic is gonna like like when watching this movie, I was like, okay, yes, I see how a person that was like ride or die for Sonic would be super hyped for this scene. I'm not like I'm not like I I, I understand it, I get it. It's just not it's just not for okay. me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So so then so I'm not kink shaming. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would use that phrasing. Um. I'm not kink shaming your love of Sonic. Please. Okay, so then what happens is that it looks like uh, uh, Sonic is gonna is gonna drown, but then knuckle and we and we hear a little snippet of the drowning theme, which is the other time that they actually use Sonic music in this movie. And then knuckles yeah, and then knuckles, and saves, knuckles him. saves him because knuckles believes in honor, and it's a and it's a you know built to his character arc. Because earlier Sonic chose to save Tails instead of going after the Emerald Compass, and knuckles was like. He saved his friend instead of trying to get the compass. Hmm, that's interesting. And Robotnik was like, Ah, pshaw, he's an idiot. And Knuckles sort of looked at him like, I don't, I don't know if everything's right with this Robotnik guy. I think, I think, I don't know, I don't know. I'm gonna keep going along with him anyway for now. But something, something about this seems weird. Like, but then, then they save him. They agree to agree to team up. And Tails flies in the biplane from the wedding because now it's his plane. It's the tornado. And they all go back to Green Hills to to try and stop Robotnik, who has now absorbed the power of the Master Emerald, which has. And that's when he turns into a giant kaiju. Yeah, and it's then I re- I thought this was cool because this has never actually happened in the games before. Like he's used the Chaos Emeralds to infuse his robots with power, but he's never used the Emerald power himself. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. And he uses it to make the Death Egg robot. Oh my God, you guys, it's the Death Egg robot from Sonic Two. Is this from Is this from the games? Yes, it is from the games. It's from Sonic the Hedgehog Two and the Sega Genesis, and also Sonic ah. the Hedgehog Four Episode One, and also Sonic. Generations. Yeah, I thought I thought the ending was uh was better than the rest of the movie yes. generally, at least in the action stuff. Um, I where where the rest of the movie is like a solid, I'd say six out of ten. I think the ending is about like a seven, I'd say. Um, so yeah, the ending is fun. I enjoyed the the kaiju fight yeah. with the giant do- giant robot yeah, Doctor Robotnik. Big, the big death emerald. Uh, it does kind of have a power of love moment with the Master Emerald with Sonic, and uh, Q. That's the power of love because you know that's the power, the power of love. love. Saves him. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I do. The the one thing I will say is so Sonic and Tails and and Knuckles they're all working together. They beat up the robots and it's it's it, it looks awesome. The the one thing is so there's a scene where they're flying. They're both Sonic and Knuckles are on the plane with and Tails is flying the plane. And there's a point where Knuckles jumps off of the plane and i was like oh this is where he's gonna glide like because he because he can glide mm. in the games and games no. and then he doesn't glide and it's like oh yep. okay 
I, have him glide in the series. <laughs> so they defeat Doctor so Robotnik, then, and then Robotnik makes a joke about centrism. So yes. So then, so Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles—they're working together, and they—they run in side by side. So awesome, and they—they and and they and they get inside the robot, and there's a there's a Sega Mega Drive joke, and then Knuckles, which implies Sega exists in this universe as well as the Sonic the Hedgehog theme music. Yes. And that's never just explained. go with it. Um, okay. so then, so then, Tails is able to distract Robotnik with his gadgets long enough for Knuckles to punch the Master Emerald out of Robotnik, just like in Sonic the Hedgehog 3 on the, on Genesis, when Knuckles uppercutted the Chaos Emeralds out of Super Sonic. It all ties together. So then, what happens okay. is... Th- that seems like an oddly generic thing to it's reference. It's a very specific thing to reference. That do- I'm pretty sure that's not a reference. Yes, it, yes, it is. That's a very famous okay. Knuckles thing that happens. It's the very first. It's, the, it's literally Knuckles' first appearance. It's him uppercutting the Chaos Emeralds out of Super Sonic. Uh, okay, whatever. So, okay, okay. Don't eat me. <laughs> you don't know your Sonic lore. <laughs> okay. Clearly. So then it looks like so. So so they try to get the Master Emerald and Son- and Sonic try. Uh, Sonic gets the Master Emerald, but then it breaks and, and they it turns looks into like Super all Sonic. Is lost. And but and and he's gonna but then beam of yellow light the the master emerald is separated into the chaos emeralds the beam of yellow light it's supersonic it's supersonic I freaked the fuck out people clapped in my theater it's supersonic he looks so cool and he zooms around and he destroys the robot it's amazing it's amazing. yeah I thought it was okay the, the problem is is that now they've introduced like this super powerful thing. So, if in any sequel, why doesn't Sonic just use the Emerald to well, stop because, it? Well, because, because, well, he can't use the Emerald power all the time because he can't interact with the ones he love, loves, or else they'll explode. So, obviously, what's mm. going to happen is someone's going to steal the Emerald in the next movie, which is why the movie doesn't immediately end with him. He interacted with them in supersonic mode in this movie, and they didn't. Well, explode. no, he can't. Like, okay, well, he can talk to them, but he can't, like, you know, like, hug them or, or anything uh. like that. Because okay. then they would blow up, um, as they mention in the movie. Um, Seems like a small price to pay for world peace. But okay. <laughs> Sonic. I think you're. I think you're. I think you're giving too many. I think you're giving too harsh expectations onto this. Onto this. Onto this child. Um, basically. Uh, um, <laughs> Maybe. So 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 he goes supersonic, and Knuckles is all like, all like, watch. He has absorbed the power of the emerald. He is not the Sonic you once knew. And then he uses the ultimate power to summon chili dogs out of the sky. He's like, I stand corrected. He's exactly the Sonic you once knew. <laughs> and then we get the boring ending scene with Tom. Oh yeah, we get the the, the fun scene where, as a, as a callback to remember in the first movie, where Sonic went to the baseball field and he had to play baseball by himself because he was lonely and had no friends. They go back to the baseball Which field. is also inferior to the Twilight baseball scene. Disagree. <laughs> then we get the scene where it's it all comes together because now he has friends to play baseball with because he plays baseball with wow. knuckles and tails and knuckles yeah. de- 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 defeats them and he's like and then they go out for ice cream the perfect place to, to celebrate my victory over you in face of fall yeah. <laughs> i fucking love uh, knuckles. and and then let's get to the mid-credit scene where they have shadow the hedgehog yeah. appear so then we get the mid-credit scene or oh my oh my god you guys okay so First of all, so the so so gun who we established as canon, they're all like, just do we really need like a giant preamble to discussing Shadow the Hedgehog showing up for two seconds? Yes, 
Okay. So, so Gunn, first of all, is like, hey, robotics dead. Nobody could have survived that crash. Unless, of course, Jim Carrey decides he's not going to retire after all, in which case he did survive the crash. But otherwise, he's dead. Um, so we don't, we don't know yet. But we found this file from 50 years ago. And as soon as that lady said the words 50 years ago, I audibly said, like, uh, under my breath, but, like, I actually said, oh, my God, it's happening. Um, and then they're like, you know, this, this, you know, military black site at at these coordinates ordinance that we pan down we see shadow he's in the tube and he's like my god project shadow and he opens his eyes and there's the red lightning crackles around him he's serious shadow he's shadow the hedgehog i told you i told you they were gonna do shadow the hedgehog in the movies and they're gonna do it we're gonna get side versus shadow and side three it's gonna be amazing it better be voiced by yes. Adam Driver. This is like Adam the, Driver like, This is the one like throughout the history of these of these Sonic movies, the one thing that Brian and I have consistently agreed on is that if they ever do Shadow, he needs to be voiced it by. It has to be it Adam has Driver. To be Adam Driver. He'd be perfect. Like he like it fits the the character. It's almost too obvious. Like like, like I, I know people. I know there's been a lot of fan casting for Keanu Reeves, and Keanu would not be no. bad. Don't get me wrong, but like Adam Driver is clearly the best choice here. My the only thing is, would he do it? That is the only mm. question because I'm not sure if he wants to be in a big franchise again after Star Wars like that. Yeah, I wouldn't after the way that last one well, ended. I, I wouldn't say the way the last one ended, but more just the Star Wars fandom is, is <laughs> terrible. Um, that was my that was my little attempt to try and get you to talk about Star Wars. Then. Yeah, but we'll have to wait for that for the future. Rise of Skywalker was a good uh, yeah. movie. Or just mean, anyways. Um. Um. So yeah, uh, this movie is decent overall. I thought it was a great improvement over the first one. It feels like it was made with actual love and care, even if a lot of the stuff is still pretty derivative and kind of not that interesting. Like the thing is, is that overall, yes, they give good character arcs to Sonic and so- some of the other cast, but it's a little overly long. Jim Carrey's still grading, <laughs> and there is still a bit of that like corporate we need to have a scene here and there for xyz demographic reasons like oh we need a dance-off scene and then they put in like the silly pop music and it's like okay this is fine i guess uh but yeah overall i feel like the movie is a decent time if they keep making more of these one of these may actually be pretty good you know (laughs) i mean they're already pretty good i don't know what you're talking about I just Sonic 1 is already a pretty good movie. Sonic 2 is a fantastic movie, which means Sonic the Hedgehog 3 will be a transcendent experience and will be voted the number one highest rated feature on narrative feature on Letterboxd. Above everything. Yeah, in 2025, oh, wow. mark my words, all the Letterboxd users are going to be like, Parasite who? <laughs> everything, so everywhere, all at once now? So please tell me why you loved the deep and interesting character of Sonic the Hedgehog in So the Sonic movie. the Hedgehog... And please speak specifically about his psychology and Freudian sublimation. Well, Sonic has many deep-seated insecurities, clearly. Like, he, <laughs> you know, he he, la- he 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 wants to be independent, but also craves a uh, parental figure. Um, he, uh, he, he acts like a loner, but is, but cannot go be, but would be nothing without his support system of both Tom and Maddie, as well as later Tails and, and Knuckles. Um, so anyways, I love Sonic the Hedgehog too. I think it's I think it's great. I love this movie. Would you agree that Sonic is that bitch? Yeah. 
He's that bitch. He's like he's 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 that yeah. bitch. Um the one that drinks iced coffee at two. <laughs> <laughs> only if only, only if he also has chili dogs with him. Like that's yes. <laughs> iced coffee and chili dogs at two in the morning. Um so I, I I love this movie. This movie made me very happy. Like I liked the first movie well enough. But this movie is definitely a substantial improvement on it. I love Tails. I agree with that. Absolutely. I love Knuckles. I think the action is fantastic. I think Jim Carrey is great. I think they. I think it is good that the humans have a significantly smaller role and the actors serve their purpose well. And I think the character arcs are really strong. And the message is simple but effective. And yeah, there's a couple. It's for kids. And yeah, it's it's for kids. It's a message that Here's kids should hear. If I showed, if I showed Sonic the Hedgehog one to my theoretical kids i would feel a little bit bad because this has all like the product placement and it's kind of a trash movie in general in my opinion like fun trash but still kind of trash this one has more heart yeah to it, so i feel like i would i would actually be like okay you want to see sonic 2 okay yeah, sure, the the absolutely. earnestness of the 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 passion for the people involved is able to shine through a lot more here both in terms of the heart and the characters and also the amount of sort of yep. just references and homages they're able to and chris why do you in. want an entire television show about rachel well i mean they are planning a sonic cinematic universe um but with rachel tv show i'm uh, or where it's like it's like it's like a basic dramedy you know where it's just like the day in the lives of their love life and her going through work being sassy okay you know? and... but all all right all right <laughs> hear me out I will accept yes. it, but also Amy has to be there. <laughs> oh yeah, Amy's her Amy's roommate. Amy's her roommate. Okay, I we can work with this. <laughs> so yeah. and Amy is like that bitch. Yeah. Also. Yes, one hundred percent. Um, and she's she drinks daiquiris in the middle. And of she's the day. voiced by Christian Shaw. One hundred percent. So I'm I I, I guess <laughs> this is the part we got it where we where we we, we figured it we out. Do some we do some speculation because we we know that they are going. We are, we obviously know that Sonic the Hedgehog three is happening. We know that the Knuckles. If Shadow series... the if Shadow the Hedgehog doesn't mention Maria nine times in the next movie, I read. I wonder. Maria. I wonder how much of that Maria backstory is going to be adapted. Like I wonder. Uh, probably. Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, like because Shadow's backstory. Can we get an R rated Shadow the Hedgehog horror film? I let. With the monster plot line from the Shadow the Hedgehog. All game. I will say is let Shadow say fuck. Make it PG-13, and you can have fuck. the one fuck, and you have Adam Driver as Shadow the Hedgehog be like, where's that fucking Chaos Emerald? Where's that fucking hedgehog? Where's the fucking hedgehog? So, alright, so for the next movie... Where's the fucking Maria clone? Obviously, we need we need Sonic vs. Shadow. I And we need we, Maria. Yeah, there should be... Yeah, let's have the Maria backstory. And we need the alien invasion. However, that... From Shadow well, I feel like, okay, if we're going to do the alien thing, which it's, eh, I don't know. Um, that was the best plot line in any Sonic game. I'm not wrong. No, actually, you kind of are. Sonic No, I'm not. Sonic Adventure. It had, it, had, it had a branching narrative. Yeah, that and made it no, complex. yeah, that, a branching narrative that made no fucking sense whatsoever. <laughs> It made that's what made it interesting. <laughs> Sonic Adventure Two has a better narrative. He um, had guns. He was cool. He said, "Damn and hell." Why was he on a? It was rated T for why T. Was, actually, it was rated E10 plus. 
Get get your oh, facts straight. Bad, um, why why was he on a motorcycle when he has super Hell. speed? I don't understand. Um, because he's that badass. He listens to MCR. <laughs> that is true. Shadow definitely. Shadow definitely listens to MCR. One hundred percent. Shadow the Hedgehog listens to American baseball. When he's at his wedding. Yes, he, he, they play American baseball when he walks down the aisle. Yes, yeah, so he wears eyeshadow when he's going out to buy He borrows coffee. Rouge's... And that's when he sees Sonic at He borrows a. Rouge's eyeshadow. And that's where they fall in love. <laughs> no, what about, what about Shadow X Rouge? <laughs> no. No. Rouge X... Ah, oh, the original. Okay. All right. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Also, we gotta get some bat. We gotta get some. Rouge yeah, are we, we gonna get? get are we getting? Because I think like we do need some more female characters. So let's. do... And what about the lizard guy? Um. Uh. Espio. Yeah, Espio. Well, Bring Espio, Espio in here and his friends. So also. Espio, Vector, and Charmy actually do have a cameo in the Sonic Two prequel comic, so they do exist ah. in this universe. Canonically. So technically speaking, they could they could show up. Um, but basically, so we got we did we. So Chris, please tell us why this is your favorite movie of twenty twenty two. Well, it was my favorite movie of twenty twenty two, but then I saw everything everywhere all at once today, so I had to knock it. Wow, down to, fake Sonic! Man. I'm sorry, Sonic. I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, Chris rated the number one highest rated movie on Letterboxd higher than Sonic 2. Wow, fake fan. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Sonic. I feel... Sonic the Hedgehog 3 will be the best movie of the of the year it comes out. Definitely. Best movie of best all time. Best movie of all time. <laughs> Alright, what um, are we doing and, next oh, Hold week, on. Chris? I wasn't... We, we were in speculation. <laughs> we barely got to... to t- oh, I think we speculated Well, basically... Is well, the one on? thing... Is he gonna piss well, on the, the moon? One... <laughs> well, I guess that is the question of... Do we think Robotnik's coming back? Because is Jim Carrey going to retire? No. Or yes. okay, so we think Jim. And if they, because if he does, I think what they're going to do is they'll introduce Gerald Robotnik and have him just be alive, and he'll be the new main villain. And I agree. Yeah, done. And Already done. And also, we got to get more Finished. Sonic music in here. So I want a Sonic versus yep. Shadow fight with Live and Learn and Escape from the. City. And we got to get Escape from the City. And we're in, in, the, yes. in there too, but especially live and learn. And, because, and the Chow Garden. Yeah, we need to. Okay, yes, actually, because we're doing Adventure Two stuff, we could get some movie Chow in there. Let's get some Chow. Get the Chow, and they fight each other like in the Chow. The, the, yeah, the Chow Karate, them. where you make the make the small make the small babies beat each other up. <laughs> Look, if you put a live action Chow in that movie, you will sell a billion plushies. <laughs> that is true. Listen, Sega. I'm giving you good advice. <laughs> um, uh, do we have any? Do we have any thoughts on what we want to see in the Knuckles series? Um, because uh, I want to see Knuckles rap in Pumpkin he- Pumpkin. All right. Hill. I want to. Uh, I personally am looking forward to seeing Knuckles' backstory. And the other thing is that I cannot wait to see Ken Penders try and fail to sue Paramount over the supposed similarities between this movie and his work. <laughs> Yes. Are you familiar with the saga of Ken Penders, Brian? No. Oh boy, let I feel like that is a rabbit hole, and we should not get into. Okay, it I'll I'll tell you off air, but it's a it's oh, a no. it's a doozy. Um, and Chris, what are we doing all next right, week? So next week we are back to the rocket ship roulette, and we will. Oh yeah, and we will be covering Psycho Two. Um, the good one. I, I I watched it. It was okay. It was a six out of ten. Uh, 8 out of 10 6 out of 10 
we'll, anyway. we'll get to it. Uh, and, and, and the, the other, other one, one, which is Body Snatchers from 1993. The 90s. Um, I haven't watched it yet. Have you seen that one yet? So ah. I'm, I'm going to watch it tomorrow. Yeah, and where can they find you on so social media? This has been Hipster and the Nerd, and we do this every week, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcast. and all of your major podcast platforms. Please leave us a nice five-star review. Uh, subscribe and uh, vote in the polls and answer the Q&As. And uh, spread the word on social media. Hashtag Hipster and the Nerd. Help us grow the show. We very much appreciate it. I am Chris Hanna. You can find me at MegaNerd98 on Twitter and on Letterboxd. And you can also find me on my WordPress page, MegaNerd's Musings, home of geeky ramblings and self-indulgent fan fiction. Anyway, so Brian, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at BrianBrecker. You can find me on Letterboxd at BBreck2. Or you can find me inside your local chow garden. <laughs> Uh, raising my so, chow. So if there are chow in Sonic 3, will you automatically give yeah. the movie a 10 out of 10? Um, not automatically. It will definitely affect my rating, though. Okay. What if the... What if the did, will, will, will Shadow and Sonic race chow in Sonic 3? Discuss. Um. <laughs> also, don't make it one of those dumb speaking chows. That's probably what they're No, I don't do. think they'll talk. Make it one of nah, those, I, don't, I don't think yeah. they're going to talk. And, and have the angel and the devil chow. <laughs> it's very important. Very important. Um, so thank you, everybody, for listening. Seize the means. Take them to kindergarten. Seize the means of Applebee's. Uh, gotta go. F- Seize the means of the chow. Gotta garden. go fast, but not too fast, because that'd be dangerous. Um, and Seize the means of chili dogs. Seize the means of chili dogs and Applebee's and Sonic Drive-In. And... And fuck Morbius. And fuck Morbius and Jared Leto. Um, <laughs> and we will see you next time. No, 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 next time.